This is the Global Service Associates Podcast, and I'm your host, Andy McCullough. Good morning. morning happy, Andy. happy new year. We're into a new year, 2023. And I'm here with Eric Leong. Hey, Eric. Hey, <laughs> Andy. Always, always good. I mean, you know, we, we kind of go back a long ways to, I think the first time I met you was at the, the Peter Pan Motel. That's right. In at, Santa, uh, Cruz. Santa Cruz. Uh, California. Boy, you know, Santa Cruz is taking a hit now from this storm and Aptos, Capitola, like a lot of the streets are flooded, the piers. Oh, wow. Really? Santa Cruz area took a took a bad hit. But I mean, I'm getting off track, but no, no, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, we we were both on uh, a summer project together in 1989. Uh Yeah, Santa Cruz, California. And like you said, the Peter Pan Motel, (laughs) we Uh took over that hotel. And, my and then an earthquake just, happened a few months after that. And oh, that's right. Yeah. You know. California earthquakes. But uh, yeah, my yeah. wife just loves you, Andy. I mean, you know, oh, I love your wife. Just, every time I talk to her about you, it just brings a smile to her face. So we we, we got a lot of great memories. Yeah. So yeah. Well, out for you, your, your wife, maybe we could start off by just bragging. She is just an amazing lady i i just remember the last time i was with you and um she asked me about one of my sons my oldest and the way she asked was not like just oh how's your kids doing it was just it was really you could just see just compassion and care and the things she said and ah she just she's amazing lady yeah. i think everyone who knows her loves her and i'm i'm learning i'm trying more and more to be like her you know oh. <laughs> well, old, old age um. <laughs> yeah if we could all be like arlene so i guess we're we're on family so you're you're married to arlene how long have you and arlene been married eric um we got married in 1979 so i think that's about 43 years 40 43 years yeah, and you make 44 yeah and then we have five five kids they're uh-huh. all married um, uh-huh. we have uh eight grandkids one one on the way so uh we're excited about that and, and in fact you know kind of our dream or you know our, our next steps down the road is uh we want to be able to make some adjustments to our ministry so we can be more involved um in their lives you know that you know that phrase i don't know who said it but you know teach us to number our days i don't know if it was mm. Moses. i mean you know, that's mm. kind of more acute for me now after just turning 69 i mean mm. you know not to be morbid but you know how many more days do i have left and mm. you know i wanna i wanna you know invest my time into you know what's most precious and near and dear dear to me um even as we continue to do the ministry 
So, yeah. Um, well, it, it's been a joy though, man. Um, you know, grandkids are just, <laughs> it's, it's just so, so wonderful to be with them. Yeah. And you, your kids are amazing. I mean, not everyone has blessed the way you are. Like you're, your kids all like you <laughs> and they're just wonderful uh adults themselves i mean and uh you have a great family it's always yeah. fun to see your pictures when you, you know Christmas. yeah we love our kids they all turned out great um you know all believers they all married um you know spouses who are believers and uh, they love being together yeah, the things, you know, as we raised them, I, I said, you know, you know, there's families that are kind of, you know, warring with each other and have yeah. issues, they, they can't stand being the same, you know, space with each other. And I always mm -hmm. tell my kids, you know, you're going to have troubles, but you know, just ask forgiveness, resolve it, because family is mm -hmm. one of the most important things. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my mom just recently passed away um, this mm -hmm. past fall, and we're still trying to plan out, um, you know, some kind of memorial service, uh, which pro will probably be small, you know, just our family. But all of our kids said, Dad, let us know when that's going to be. And it'll be in Hawaii. So, you know, it's a right. trip for us to get there. We, we all want to be there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just felt so proud of them, you know, because, I mean, first of all, that they love my mom, mm -hmm. but that they have this sense of, you know, wanting to be together. Mm -hmm. as a family and I, I hope that continues you know long after i'm gone and mm -hmm. kind of pass on those values to to their families as uh, right right no you've to go on so that's yeah a, I'm, I'm that's a great vision and and desire to have that's awesome yeah so you're you're from hawaii uh are you from originally honolulu oahu yeah, pearl, pearl city grew up pearl in, city uh, pearl city and um, I would kind of just have some background. Um, I was uh, raised, um, you know, born and raised in Hawaii. Um, you know, my mom um, was Japanese from some immigrant parents. And, you mm. know, my, my dad's side came from, you know, a second generation immigrant parents. But they all came there, you know, for the better life. Um, and, um, you know, they were from, you know, these Asian backgrounds and somehow my mom um, became, you know, she converted to Catholicism and so did my dad. Mm -hmm. And they met, um, they got married um, on Oahu. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in those days, you didn't intermarry, especially the Japanese side. So my mom's parents didn't come to the wedding. Wow. Which was sad. Yeah. And, um, you know, things have changed now, um, you know, some of you may know my my wife is uh, Caucasian, mm -hmm. Armenian, so you know, you know I think that's that's the way it's 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 going now. <laughs> but uh, you know where was it going with? Oh, oh yeah. So you know out of that background, um, you know we I was raised going to church, but never had a, a what I would call a personal understanding of my salvation or relationship with God. And it wasn't until um, my sophomore year in college that I met some people who are believers and I noticed their lifestyle was, you know, way different than mine. Uh, you know, uh -huh. the way they dealt with stress and frustration, um, heartache, and, you know, I'd be putting my fist through the wall and they seem to have this peace and joy. And so I, that got me curious. And, um, 
you know, that that kind of led me on a journey to investigate um, Jesus because they mm -hmm. wanted me to Jesus. And I found myself uh, giving my life to him and trusting him for my salvation back in 1976. 76, wow. And um, I, I started to grow. I got associated with a, a, you know, a group of believers that were on fire for Jesus. And mm -hmm. I'm at the early age of my um uh, faith you know I, I was kind of just instilled this fact that uh you know the greatest thing to have to eric was knowing jesus as your savior and, you know, and the greatest thing you can do for someone else is to you know turn them on to jesus uh -huh. and that that's kind of always been the the thing that's 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 moved me along all these years of of, of ministry and I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. I wanted to be involved in helping them to follow Jesus. Just like in those early years, someone kind of took me under their wing and, mm -hmm. and just literally discipled me and modeled for me to a Christian life. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just that love of, of community. And mm -hmm. um, so, so that's what I do now. Um, you know, I, I, Right after college, I uh, joined the staff of a Campus Crusade for Christ, and um, um, I got married too. Um, mm -hmm. That's why Arlene. Uh, she was she was assigned there by. Yeah, she was already on staff mm -hmm. at the University of Hawaii, and mm -hmm. we started dating, and uh, we decided to get married. And uh, in in those days, with Campus Crusade staff, they just kind of assigned. I don't know how they made assignments. They just. You know, signed you. dartboard. I think dartboard. Yeah, <laughs> what was it? Got assigned to Humboldt State University. Um, okay, that that was your first assignment. That was in my what, first assignment. In and what year was that? That was in 1979. 1979. Uh, and like I, I was talking over you. That was your first assignment, and it's your last assignment. <laughs> You've been at Humboldt. Humboldt. It's not Humboldt State anymore, right? Yeah, it's Humboldt they just University. Changed or... the name uh, last year. They're calling it Cal Poly Humboldt. So it's Cal Poly Humboldt Technical Institute. Okay. Of, yeah, of and and the town is Arca Arcada. Arcada, California. Arcada. It's way Arcada. on the northern side, right on. I'm two miles from the, the ocean, not right down there. Right. Seventy miles south of the Oregon border, so we're kind of in right in the redwood forest. Yeah, or the Emerald Triangle, where all the marijuana comes from. You know, <laughs> kind of more of a claim to fame, I, I guess here. But yeah, yeah. We've been here uh, for forty-three years. Involved. That's in unbelievable. With the uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, and um, I'm still technically on associate staff with them. Okay. Though I don't get my salary from them, you know, I. I um, lead a, a crew ministry here with college. So, so the the ministry you lead on campus at Cal Poly Humboldt, you still call crew? Uh, yeah, we call it crew. Okay. Yeah, and your associate staff. So, wow. Um, yeah, you were going through your story. So you you came in 1979, you and Arlene to Humboldt. Um, and uh, how did you end up with Global Service? Well, it, it's kind of interesting in in in, a, in our journey. Um, I can't even remember. Was it twenty years ago? Maybe twenty years ago. Um, crew decided to you know close down the ministry here at the Humboldt State. They were kind of consolidating and trying to reshuffle the staff, and they they you know 
um, invited me to become uh, the campus director at a, a school down in uh, Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, when you've been at a location as long as us, I mean, you, you really have this heartfelt um, connection to, to, to the place and to the students. Mm-hmm. And we felt, even though crew wanted us to do something different, we, we felt that, you know, God was really calling us to be here. And, and they said, you know, kind of organi- organizationally, in order for you to stay there, you would have to leave full-time staff and uh, become what they call associate staff, basically I'm a volunteer and I okay. could still do the ministry. And so that's what we've done the last uh, 20 years or, or, or so. And um, so, you know, then my support switched over to to my church. Yeah, you know, I was uh, paid a salary um, through them because at the same time I was doing the the worship. I was a worship leader at our church. Okay, so I did that for a number of years, and you know how churches go. That um, kind of they decided to go to a volunteer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. system of worship. There was new leadership, and they wanted to change things up. So at that time, I said. Well, wh- where I'm gonna get my paycheck from? I think <laughs> I heard from you, Andy, that you know, in your journey, you know, yeah. crew and the different things you're involved in, you, you, you know, you um, discovered um, GSA, and so mm-hmm. um, I, I think I, I called you and asked you. Yeah, I think I think you did. And so that's yeah. how I I signed on, and mm-hmm. so um, GSA has been you know a, a lifesaver for me in terms of uh, allowing me to continue to do the, the ministry here and, mm-hmm. um, you know, continue to uh, be provided for by uh, our supporters uh, like that. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been a great journey to, to come to um, GSA and, um, you know, the more I'm involved and associated with you guys, I don't, you know, how long, maybe five or six years uh, now I've been associated with, yeah. with GSA. It's, it's just been a, a, a wonderful place to mm. allow kind of old guys like me um and you can be up with you in the old category i am old to, I'm, I'm... to follow after you know what god's put in mm-hmm. your heart without you know a lot of the, the corporate kind of stuff you know and it just frees you up to do what you right well even just thinking of your journey I think it's always a re- reality. You're, you're, if you're under an organization, they make decisions like where you're going to go, or we need to move you here or challenge to a new place. Or even I'm sure in those, all those years you've been at Humboldt and how many different strategies that have come down from on high of like, this is your, <laughs> this is your plan for this year, Eric. And you're thinking, yeah, I'm probably just going to keep doing the same thing uh-huh. I've been doing because that works. And, uh-huh. and um, yeah, I think we have a unique organization. It's like, well, where's God calling you? Yeah. I, and, I, I just recently heard uh, this pastor talk on a, a passage out of Acts hmm. chapter two, you know, after Pentecost where, you know, Peter stands up, you know, because people are saying these guys are drunk, you know, how, how are we hearing these guys speak in their own language? And he quotes a passage out of Joel that says, mm-hmm. in the last days, I'll part my spirit. You know, people, young men will prophesy, you know, women will see visions, something like that. But right. the thing that stood out to me, because I'm old, it says, and older men will dream dreams. 
Wow. And I thought, that is so cool. And this, this pastor went on to say that, you know, uh, we kind of think of, you know, when you turn 65, the old people in the church, they're just taking up space. Yeah. You know, but yeah. he, he was saying the older people in the church, they have a significant role of, of you know, communicating the dreams for, you know, down the road for the younger generation and so forth. And um, it, it greatly encouraged me. And mm. I thought of GSA because I, I thought, you know, in GSA with all these old guys who <laughs> from other ministries, whether they're we do have some young younger members we got some too. younger yeah people yeah yeah there. but but you're right uh, well, but, but we we it, it, we do have a lot of people because it's seasoned leaders often who join uh, us and you're right they're they're older so like you were but, saying but anyway, you thought of gsa yeah G, gsa you know allows you know guys like you you know with your ministry Andy, to dream the dreams that scott has put in your heart and they they say go for it andy and the more mm -hmm. members I receive, you know, like when we have our roundtable talks or even at conferences, I, I'm going, mm -hmm. wow, you do what? Mm -hmm. You do it in, in this country? Mm -hmm. And it's it's uh, it, it's just kind of amazing to to see that the, the diversity of, of ministry and people, you know, who who God is called. Mm -hmm. And maybe they didn't have a place to do their ministry, but you know, GSA has, you know, humbly said. You know, with open hands, here, go for it, man. Go mm. after your dream, and and so that's that's why I, I thought of I thought of GSA, and I'm I'm so thankful for the organization, Rich, and you know, the founding fathers, I guess. So, <laughs> to yeah, put it together, and it's it's been a warm place for me to you know go after my dreams. Oh, and that's they, you know, hopefully it'll keep evolving or you know, getting more clarity. <coughs> Well, I think th I think that's a good segue of like, because you you are unique, but <clears throat> you know, and and I, I mean, in staying in one place for as long as you have, and I think there's no right or wrong way. I used to say this, um, not like you know, we say shepherds and oh, the good shepherd, all those things, but just looking at the way we're wired maybe more shepherd farmer and a, a shepherd he's looking for green pastures he's moving the flock move you know it, and so some of us we can look back on our history and there's been change right where we've done things maybe there's a common thread of what god's calling is but there's we move we a few years we go well i i've kind of done this and now i want to go somewhere else or do something different where you definitely represent someone who you planted your roots in, in one place and you cultivated the land and you cultivated faithfulness of being on that one campus for so long and to still be on campus at 69 years old and and still seeing your place of ministry and so I'm curious, like, what, where's your, where's your dream that causes you to still get up and go on campus or work with college students? Or what are some other dreams you, you feel like God's put on your heart for the future? Some you, you kind of shared with about your own family and things, but. Well, that, that original dream that, you know, when I got called to um, going to the ministry camps, we say it is, um, you know, 
I remember Dr. Bright said, uh, you know, you, you can change the world by mm. changing one life at a time. And that really resonated to me, mm -hmm. sharing the gospel with someone, um, you know, building them up in the basics of the faith, giving them opportunities to do the same to, to other people. And over the years, you know, after, you know, 43 years of ministry, you know, I, I hear back from students and it's, you know, you know, and a lot of times it's when, you know, in my moments of, of, of deep discouragement that I, I get this email, this, this letter in the mail saying, thanks for coming by my, my dorm room, hmm. sharing the gospel with me, or thanks for giving me that opportunity to lead a Bible study, or mm -hmm. thanks for challenging me, you know, um, just with the, the fact that I can, you know, make a difference for Jesus. And, you know, you know how it is, Andy. We, we forget all the things we said, you know, messages, right. <laughs> on appointments, but in a totality of, of ministry, it, it's like, wow, you know, God really did use me Yeah, you know, in ways that, you know, I, I could, could never imagine in, in people's lives, some, some students that have, have gone from here, who have gone into full-time Christian work, who have gone into the workforce and using their, their work as a place um, for, for, for ministry. And mm. I, so I, I like to think that, um, you know, I had a small thumbprint in people's lives that mm. uh, God would, would take and multiply the, the fruit out in, in many different ways in the generations of their families, even as uh, yeah. students get married and have their own families. And uh, it, it's kind of funny, Andy, because I get calls from, former students whose kids are, <laughs> the, still, you know, it's a classic call. Hey, can you, can you reach out to my kids? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's really great in, in that way. So we, we, we love doing the ministry. Uh, we get energized. I mean, obviously we can't do some of the things we used to do when we're, we're younger. I mean, you know, I go on ski trips with the students and, you know, play soccer and, <laughs> you know, going on these hikes and stuff when I was younger, but now, you know, you know, after eight o'clock at night, you know, I want to come home and just go to sleep. So <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit different. <laughs> so we see ministry well, 40 years ago as their peers. And now we see ministry kind of as their grandparents mm. relating uh, to these, these students and things have changed, you know, in 40 years. Wow. They have changed. I mean, even, um, you know, because of the, the pandemic, right? this semester was the first semester we've been back on campus meeting face-to-face -face with students. So when I was tabling- This winter semester or last fall? Yeah, yeah, this fall. This is this, this past fall. This past fall. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was on campus tabling and man, the, just the, the whole culture of campus has changed in the, you know, two and a half years that I wasn't on, on campus. I mean, yeah, it's, it was kind of like, wow eye-opening that you know right changed um so fast not just with the name of uh, the school but you know just the campus culture right you know, students that are coming back up to to our campus here yeah so um i i, I kind of feel like um paul um you know where uh, you know his last prison epistle mm -hmm. in philippians where he's he's saying you know not that i've you know already attained that but i, mm -hmm. I want to press on to what god has has called me for 
Mm -hmm. And so I, I feel, um, you know, both Arnie and I, we, we don't want to retire. Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, heck, maybe, you know, our ministry might change, you know, as we move on from college students to, you know, the next step for us in, in, in ministry. And God mm -hmm. has given us some dreams that way. But we, we want to keep pressing on for that which God has called us. You know, like he said, not that I'm already perfect, but I, I press mm -hmm. on. So, um, you know, like, I, you know, I was kind of joking earlier about just wanting to be like Arlene. And, you know, I, mm -hmm. I know God still has to work on my character. <laughs> That's probably the, the foremost dream that I have that, you know, I, I want to know Jesus. Mm. You know, I want to experience the power of his resurrection. I'm not so sure I want to experience, you know, the power of his suffering or what. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, it's all good. You know, I, I want to go after what God is, has called us um, to do. And, you know, uh. in a nutshell, it's building into people's lives, building to the next generation. And I mentioned to you earlier with our grandkids and more on the way, um, we want to be there for them. Yeah. Um, because the world is so different that they're growing up in. Mm -hmm. And I think God is sovereign and is preparing these kids, these grandkids to reach that world. And I, I want to be there as intentional grandparents, helping them out too. Yeah. And one of the neat things, Andy, you know, um, I don't know if all the members know, but uh Last year, um, Arlene got diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. And it's the kind of thing that, you know, cancer always happens to somebody else and you, know, you mm -hmm. pray for them and you, you, mm -hmm. you come alongside them. But, you know, the thought of cancer happening to us when we pretty much had a kind of a sweet lifestyle, you know, no, no right. big glitches in it, um, you know, was shocking. Um, and so, um, well, I actually, it wasn't last year. It was the year before that. I'm kind of right, right. Twenty twenty-one. Um, so, um, you know, we we're dealing with that for over a, a year and a half now, and Arlene's totally cured. Mm -hmm. uh, no traces of cancer. Um, so we're amazing. still getting infusions. We go back to Chico. Uh -huh. Lost away four-hour drive every three weeks until next March, and then it's done. You know, all the all the treatments that she has, but it, it it's just been an eye-opening thing for us and um, Arlene has and again her faith has just risen to the top where you know people well wristers will say wow you're so courageous to go through this and, mm -hmm. and Arlene almost gets embarrassed <laughs> <because she's> <laughs> courageous <laughs> you know I'm not courageous but what I think people see in her is that her faith is so strong mm -hmm. and she said no matter what the outcome of this cancer was you know I'm trusting in God's sovereignty and that, wow. that kind of faith just, just blows me away that mm -hmm. she'd wake up with joy and peace in her heart in the midst of, you know, going through all this treatment, the surgery, recovery, and and all of that. And um, she, did, she didn't miss a beat, you know, with Zoom. I mean, she, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think there are a couple Bible studies she missed because we're doing Zoom everything. Right. you. It's kind of unique that you were going through this, that you even had to leave your town to go live with your daughter and Chico where she was getting treatment. 
for yeah, how many for months? months? What was we it? There for eight months. You eight know? months, but it was also in a season no one was going on campus anyway. I know, so it worked out perfectly, you know. Uh, yeah, not that you would choose uh, to have cancer, but you were able to be with your family uh, and yeah. be, you know, your grandkids there and. And so, yeah. yeah, it worked out great. And because of Zoom, you know, um, it opened up connections to people that weren't locally here, like former students, former yeah. friends, and we're doing uh, Bible studies uh, with them too. And and that's why even now, you know, kind of looking to the future of ministry, wow, you know, we can have this far-reaching ministry through Zoom, or we can reach out to our peers, you know, as yeah, well as our grandkids. So what we're looking to the future, you know, not so sure how soon it's going to happen is, you know, how we can continue to minister, um, uh-huh. you know, and build into the lives of people to make a difference for that next generation, you know, for sure our grandkids and our family, but, you know, our, our friends and, and, you know, peers like that. And one of the things I just signed up with at my first class <clears throat> this weekend is I, I enrolled in the the coaching um, program at the Western Seminary. Okay. I'm kind of going to explore that and see, you know, you know, what can I learn from this whole role of coaching that has kind of become a a new thing, I think, in the last 20 years, maybe, or 15, 20 years. Right. Come alongside of people Mm -hmm. uh, to help them, um, you know, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, go go after their dreams. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm fulfill what God has called them to do. And that, that, that excites me. And, uh, hopefully yeah. there's some new skills too and communication. And, and That's so cool that you, you're wanting to learn new skills, but I just go, man, how perfect you are, the, the years of experience and just the character of who you are, Eric, of just, you're such an encourager and, um, you know, you, you love to elevate others. Uh, I, I think that's a great role. Anyone would be blessed to have you as their coach for sure. Uh, thanks, Annie. You're so kind. Yeah. You, you know, and then you told me, I'm not sure if you're still pursuing it. Some of this ministry, um, this grandparents ministry, are you still kind of checking that out? And yeah, there's this, uh, ministry called, um, the legacy coalition. Legacy Coalition. Okay. Yeah, where it's, you know, a lot of retired people to, you know, former um, people have been in the, in the ministry, pastors, parachurch, um, you, you name it, but uh, great guys who love the Lord. And, um, you know, they, they want to reach the next generation of their grandkids. And they, they've kind of coined a phrase, they want to be intentional grandparents i'm not you know just take take them out for ice cream go to the <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing but really um being intentional every minute you spend with them in terms of building that relationship in terms of you know um building in um spiritual principles taking advantage of you know those way of life teaching moments to um make a difference there so we we've been going through a few seminars and looking at a few videos and podcasts with them and uh, it, it really stimulates us because mm. we have grandkids we have friends who have grandkids right and um you know when's the last time you went to church and you heard a message on you know how to be a grandparent <laughs> you know right pro- probably not you know and so um you know we're excited about 
about do, doing that kind of in an informal way as a you know okay. just an ambassador and a champion yeah uh, help ourselves and help our friends uh, right you know become intentional grandparents and build into that next generation yeah no that that's great i th i think what a what a great ministry and opportunity to in, in kind of looking at like you're saying your friends who are grandparents and just even rallying a small group of people uh, that you know like that yeah yeah and that's where it's it's, it's going to start for us you know with my friends mm. um and then you know we're looking at <clears throat> different churches and you know starting um you know small groups in those churches with, with a video series just to get people <clears throat> energized give them a few skills to make a difference yeah that's great hey going back to being at, at campus you know you've been there since 1979 how many years is that at is that 44 well, 43 43 i think 43 um what and there's you're talking about even now quickly in the last couple of years the culture's changed and i'm sure you've seen a lot of change in clothes music everything the demographics of the campus um but what what are some things you would say you and arlene have done that consistently for 43 years that this it's like these are the things we do these are the things that don't change well um you know sharing the gospel doesn't change hmm. people need to hear the gospel um, I think the mythology of how you get it to a right, lot right. of difference. Um, and especially, um, you know, I don't feel people are seeking truth nowadays as they were back in the 70s, right. 80s, you know. Um, you know, I, I'm not so sure what they're seeking. That's <laughs> kind of far from, from the truth. But the gospel um, continues to change people's lives um the 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 bible mm. you know um having the bible as a foundation of your life studying the bible in a way that you can become a, a self-feeder you know um that kind of puts you on another level and i i think brings you full circle to become someone who can help someone else too and that that's been a, always been a focus of our, our ministry, you know, basic evangelism, basic discipleship. Um, and I, I think if you have that as a core of, of ministry, I mean, I mean, you know, that's what that's what the whole Bible is, you know, the whole New, New Testament mm -hmm. and uh, making that difference. And, and so, you know, we, we've always done things in the ministry sort of in a family way just because we're more family oriented mm -hmm. we use our home to you know have students over where you know some i remember times when our house was just you know <laughs> just hanging out of the you know the chandeliers and, and everything <laughs> like that and and that's you know when we hear backward students that's what they remember right I remember throwing your kids up in the air in your living room or you know just being over for our, our, our meals and and so forth so um 
just being able to have their relationships because what we found over the years and uh, even more so now, Andy, so many students come come from broken homes. Right. They don't know what a father, they don't know what a mother is. They don't have, you know, healthy brother, sister relationships, you know. Yeah. Not even, you know, parent, parental relationships. And, and that's what we can offer in the safety of our home. And that, that's probably where, you know, our, our evangelism excel too, because it's in that context that they're, they're seeing us as we share the gospel. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, they're, they're more open to it because we have, you know, embraced them with love. We have right. given them grace, no matter, you know, what their lifestyle is, what they're going through or how they're living their life. You know, anybody's welcome here, you know? Yeah. But, you know, we look at what the Bible says and once uh-huh. you, we see that, then it's up to you to figure out you know, what you, what you want to do with right. them. And that, that's how we choose to go about the ministry. That's great. Well, that's, you know, I th- maybe that's the key word for you, Eric, is family. I mean, it's yeah. how you've ministered there at Humboldt. You talk a lot about your own family uh-huh. and, and your dreams and being the grandparents and ministering and what you dream for would carry on in your family, the, the way they would continue to be relationally connected with each other and resolve conflict or, or whatever it is that there is a, there's a theme of family, uh, that certainly shines forth from the way you, you minister and operate. Oh, thanks, Andy. Yeah. You see that too? Or am I just spitting (laughs) out words? No, I mean, I mean, I don't, I, I, yeah, I, I see it, but, you know, I don't kind of see it, see it, because that's, that's just how I, yeah, it's just, I, you're I, just I, doing I it, across, right, so, you right, know, I, I don't think I'm doing anything intentionally as family, I just, I just kind of go out and do it, you know, right, right, but, um, I, I would say, you know, that's kind of like the basic New Testament principle of love, I mean, you know, yeah, we, we love, we're, we're brothers and sisters, you know, you know, Lord, uh, you know, I, I, I remember going through, you know, kind of initial follow-up with new believers and, mm. um, you know, I, I, I would tell a student, you know, you're, you're a child of God, you know, mm. that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you're a child of God. You know what? I'm a child of God. So that makes us brothers. Mm. You know? Welcome to the family. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I, I think that's nothing new about that. That's just... How God's set it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, he is our heavenly Father. We're brothers mm-hmm. and sisters in the Lord. Yeah. Well, and then like you were saying, there's a there's a lot of students that come from broken homes. They don't or dysfunctional families. Family's a bad word almost. Yeah. Uh-huh. A lot of people in our society, and you're you're giving a picture through the way you live of you know the family of God is different. Yeah. Should be. Right. <laughs> Should be. Well, it's kind of humbling thing, Andy. And I, I know it's endearing. Uh, you know, some a lot of these students will tell me, you know, now, nowadays, I, I see as as my spiritual father, you know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, they never used to say that 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> my gray hair hasn't come in yet. <laughs> oh, no, you still, you didn't hardly have any gray hair for your age. I don't know how you do that. 
Um, but uh, no, it's, that's that's really true. It, uh, Eric, Eric you're, you are. You're a great dad. You're a great grandpa. <laughs> um, and you're a great musician. We didn't talk about that. So oh. are you still in your funk band? <laughs> yeah, I'm still in my funk band. You know, we were, we were kind of work playing because we had some uh, health issues with the band, but we're kind of back on track. We're lining up our our gigs um you know for this year so it's it's been fun i, I play keyboards in a funk band so it, it kind of keeps me young we, we do all the stuff for the 60s and 70s you know kind of my era right. and all that all that kind of disco stuff so it's it's fun to get 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 out there and play but uh, one of the things i i've done recently because of the pandemic and everybody's cooped up i you know, I used to play ukulele from when I was a kid. Um, yeah. Why, in fact, there's my ukulele sitting right, oh. right there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I kind of picked it up and revived it, especially when we were at Chico for eight months. And I started playing at the farmer's markets out there like twice a week. And, I, you know, I was making tons of tips. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. You know, it's golf money for me. <laughs> but uh, I, I just want to get out there and bless people. And it's just amazing, Andy, the smile that you put on somebody's face um, yeah. when I hear a familiar song, because I'm doing all old songs. And I remember this one old gal coming up to me, way older than me. She uh -huh. said, you know the song Smile? You know, Charlie Chaplin wrote that song. And I says, no, I don't. But, you know, you come by next week and I'll play it for you. Sure uh -huh. enough, the second week she comes by, says, I got, I, I got a special thing for you. So I started playing that, that song Smile on My Ukulele by Charlie Chapman, and, and she just started crying. Oh. And it had special meaning to her. Yeah. And that, that just warmed my heart. And that's kind of my intent of wanting to, sure, I want golf money, uh, <laughs> but I wanted to bless people. And I was able to get in, you know, a, a bunch of significant conversations with people about the Lord and They'd yeah. ask me about my wife, and I said, "Yeah, what are you doing in Chico? Well, you know, we're just here. You know, uh -huh. my wife getting cancer treatments, and it, it was really neat to, when we're shut in like that, you know, to be in an outdoor social situation and play at the right. farmers market, and and I can put a smile on people's face. I can have you know these conversations, someone right in, in nature, and I hear their stories, and I say, well, you know, I'll be praying for you." like that and i i just just love that and that that's one of the things mm. i miss about chico you know the farmers markets i mean we mm. have stuff here locally where we are but mm -hmm. it's, it's it was really a special time in mm -hmm. chico to, to do that so yeah you know i play play ukulele so mm. it's a fun hobby for me are you shooting your age in golf oh heck no man that's one of the sad <laughs> things the older you get the worse you get you know? <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's 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 fun to just get out there and do some things. But I, I ride my bike, and I've been a pretty faithful bike rider. Not not with these California rainstorms, I haven't ridden my bike. But you know, every day when I can, you know, I'll get out there and you know go for about 10, 12 miles of my bike. So I I think that's that might you know add a few more numbers to my days. You know. Yeah. Change. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Oh, Eric, it's just. Always so good to connect with you. You're just a dear friend. I mean, we didn't even talk about our history. We stayed in touch through the years because we would do these briefings and debriefings for the, it was K 
Campus Crusade Project to China, Orient Express or OEX uh, at Pepperdine. And, you know, one of our members actually launched that ministry, uh, uh, Orient Express, the ministry in China is Paul McKean. Uh -huh, yeah. Paul and Jeannie McKean, who are members now. But that's interesting. We, I don't know how many years we did that. It seemed like four or five uh yeah at least at least and so we would go in the spring and we would meet up and plan and then we would do that training which was a week and then debrief and some of the projects i would i would help lead the briefing and then go on a project uh -huh. i think in the initial part but that was just a fun just to connect together and spend time uh every year always looked forward to seeing you and spending time with you eric yeah, that was, that was a special time. I mean, you know, with some of the other guys, the other Andy and Donnie. Yeah. Um, and it was like the, the dream team coming together. <laughs> and, you know, we were able to see God do some amazing things. You know, just as we kind of laid a foundation and, you know, fan, and these students' flames are going overseas. Yeah, the stories you would hear when they come back. But that I think that was really cool, too, is because those guys, they're in Colorado, and people, not everyone on this call knows we were talking about, but they had been local campus directors in Northern California with you. You've just, there's a consistency of just relationships with friends. That's a thread of your life too. You know, those guys, they left, you didn't, but you, you stayed friends and in touch and dear friends. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And how, and Arlene's doing well, right? You said. Yeah, she's, she's doing well. And, um, she's probably got more joy and more energy than I've ever had. Even <laughs> this treatment. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an unusual day, Andy, when she wakes yeah. up in the morning, cause I'm already rising. I get up at five o'clock, you know, and do my thing at my devotion. So she kind of stumbles out of the bed late, late morning, comes out for breakfast and at least she's singing. Wow. And, um, it's just, it's just some amazing. And I, you know, I'll, I'll kind of chide her on, why are you singing? She says, why not? So God really gave me a special, special person in my life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Eric, you're a special person too. I just appreciate you. Um, you just have incredible humility. Um, I mean, even this, you didn't want to do this call because you're like, oh, I don't want to promote myself. <laughs> and uh, I, I think it's a genuine because you, you really do care about lifting up other people and you, you're just, you're faithful. Uh, you're a great encourager. Um, you're just consistent. Thanks, Andy. I mean, you know, one you thing, uh, you know, in fact, Arlene reminded me of this, you know, when, uh, you know, God says, well done, the good and faithful servant, mm. you know, he elevated faithfulness. He didn't say, well done, because you had a successful ministry or well done, you influenced all these people or, you know, mm. you're like the premier speaker or discipler, but it, it was just something as, as simple as faithfulness. Right. So, you know. That that's what encouraging or encouraged me, and and you know, through all my years, I mean, you know, ministry goes up and down. I mean, 
now with this COVID thing, you know, I mean, ministry is just, just kind of like on a downhill slide, but you know, I know God is in control and I just, I just want to make my last verse would be that, you know, it, it, all the members out there, you know, if you're going through discouragement or something, you're feeling down about something, just continue to be faithful. Yeah. That's, that's what warms the heart of God. And he will say, good job. Well done. Well, it- we're not ready for you to end, but you are a faithful servant. And I think it's even more than just, you're right, the faithful. He doesn't say fruitful and all the other things you say. But he, he also emphasizes servant. And that's you too, Eric, is you're, you're a servant and you're, you're a faithful servant. That's for sure who you are. So. Thanks. Uh, so been so great visiting with you, Eric. Appreciate you coming on today and so people want to connect with you through gsa email or yeah eric.leong and uh or if they if they want to come up your way go visit the the redwood forest oh yeah you know anytime bring your bring your galoshes now we're we're, we're, we're <laughs> just getting hammered by the rain right now <laughs> Oh, I just think the coastline where you are is so beautiful, uh-huh. you know, and like not far from you, the Fern Canyon and all the different uh, trails. It's yeah, I was, I was glad place. when you came through with the boys and, you know, you yeah. kind of hung out and see see the best part of the, uh, the states up here. So, yeah, so it was a father-son trip with my twins came a couple of years ago. We, we stayed there. I got to enjoy uh, pancakes that Arlene made <laughs> at your house one morning. And y'all gave me a great list of things to do. So that was, that was really wow. fun. So, okay, Eric, well, I'll let you go. It's been great visiting with you. I appreciate you so much. Yeah. Thanks um, for the call. Appreciate your friendship. Take Eric. Everybody okay. else out there. Take care. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. This has been the Global Service Associates Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Andy McCullough. Our theme song is Lay It Down by Travis and the Ghost. We hope you catch all our episodes so that we can all better connect as members. Thank you.